Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. Before we dive into this, I want to thank the Family Leader, who is our 2022 Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You'll hear more about them in the announcements at the end of this devotion. I'd encourage you to check out what they're doing at thefamilyleader.com, and we are very thankful for their support. Let's jump into chapter 17, verse 1. And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, then he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Let's pause right there and ask the question, who is Jesus talking about? Furthermore, because we're in the book of Luke, you remember that Luke said at the beginning of the book, he was writing an orderly account so that Theophilus could be convinced of the things that he's been taught about Jesus. So because we're in Luke and he's writing an orderly account, we have to ask the question, especially here, why is this text in this position? Why is it at this spot in the flow of Luke's book? It was certainly thought out and purposeful. And if we look back through the last few chapters, we see that Jesus has had the Pharisees squarely in his crosshairs. Just pulling some examples out of the last few chapters. In chapter 13, he talks about the parable of the barren fig tree, which is a criticism against religious Pharisees who do all the right things ritualistically, but in the end bear no fruit. In chapter 14, we hear about the healing of the man on the Sabbath, which the Pharisees are opposed to because it's technically breaking one of their man-made laws, and they have no regard for the heart of God, which is to help a person who needs help regardless of whether it's the Sabbath or not. In chapter 15, we hear about the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Particularly in that third parable, the lost son, the older brother is a stand-in for the Pharisees. He's self-righteous. He's law-abiding in his own mind. He thinks he's entitled to God's favor, and he thinks that his sinful, dirty scoundrel of a brother, who hasn't followed the laws of his father very well or the laws of God is undeserving of the celebration that his father gives him when he repents. In chapter 16, we hear the parable of the dishonest manager, which highlights that the Pharisees actually love money and their earthly possessions more than they love God, despite the fact that they've convinced themselves that they handle their earthly possessions just righteously enough to please God. And in yesterday's text, the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, it's the rich man who the Pharisees would identify with most who ends up in hell. So when Jesus says temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come, it's kind of like he's going like to his disciples, like those people who've been dogging me to an increasing degree over the last several weeks or months or however long the time has been. There's a certain inevitability about sin that Jesus acknowledges in this text. The Greek translation is actually stumbling blocks. Stumbling blocks are sure to come. That doesn't mean that we should take stumbling blocks or temptations to sin lightly. You're going to find out in a couple verses that that's the opposite of he thinks, but he sets up this sort of play on words. These stumbling blocks are inevitable, but woe to the one through, but woe to the one who brings them. It would be better if a millstone, which is not just a stumbling block. A millstone is a very heavy block that grinds grain. A donkey pulls it around in a circle. These stumbling blocks are inevitable, but the people who are responsible for bringing them should have a millstone, a very substantial heavy block hung around their neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea. That'd be better than the fate coming to them. Then in verse three, it says this, pay attention to yourselves. 
which I think is a great transition that Jesus is making. He's kind of pointing over his shoulder to these Pharisees. Woe to these religious, self-righteous teachers of the law who are misleading the people away from trusting me as the Messiah. But in the same breath, pay attention to yourselves. Don't just point fingers at those guys, but evaluate yourselves inwardly. Pay attention to yourselves so that you aren't those through whom stumbling blocks are coming. He continues, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. In order not to be a stumbling block, in order not to be like the ones through whom temptations to sin come, in order to be unlike the ones who turn people away from Christ rather than draw people to Christ, among the body of believers, there needs to be a high degree of accountability. If your brother sins, that is your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ, if they sin, rebuke them. Tell them that they sinned. And what is implied there is if you sin, you should be open to being rebuked by your Christian brother or sister. But it's not just hammer dropping and rebuke all the time. Jesus also says, and if he repents, forgive him. That's the essence of the gospel. We can't talk about the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the compassion of God, the grace of God. We can't talk about that apart from acknowledging the sin of man. I know that many of our ministries, churches, pastors, preachers are trying to do that, but you just can't honestly and authentically talk about God's grace without first talking about man's sin. God's grace and love and compassion mean nothing if we don't know, first of all, what we're up against as guilty sinners. Verse 4, and if your brother sins against you seven times in a day and then turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So Jesus is saying, take sin seriously, rebuke it when it happens, but also if repentance happens, be prepared to forgive. And this would have also flown in the face of what the Pharisees believed. There's a certain point at which the Pharisees would say, nope, we're done forgiving somebody who has sinned against us. You only get so many chances and then it's over. Jesus is saying, if they are truly repentant, if they change their mind and their heart and the direction of their lives away from their sin, you must forgive them. And in saying this, he reveals the heart of God toward us. This isn't an invitation to take advantage of cheap grace, but this should be an inspiration for us to out of the gratitude that wells up in our hearts toward a God who is this gracious to us despite our unrighteousness toward him. This is a reason to build our lives around that gracious God who provided the solution for our sin and do everything we can to help people who are falling to temptations to sin and tripping over stumbling blocks, who are on a path of woe to do whatever we can with our resources, our time, our energy to connect with them in a way that introduces them to Jesus so they can also experience the forgiveness that comes from repentance. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, perfectly consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.